Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. The Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter is now being released, something that you guys have been asking for quite some time. You know, it's just a quick sip of social dynamics and what I'm currently exploring before your weekend dive. It could be an exchange from one of my clients and I, it could be a quick tip for you going out, it could be anything in the world of dating, social dynamics, relationships, human interaction, and then just all the other cool shit, whether it be around fitness, other podcasts that are blowing my mind, updates to the resources of wisdom where i'm gonna be able to let you guys know when new anime docos uh music quotes books etc get added to it yeah it's just a quick sip so it's free all you have to do is head to boldoja.com drop your email in there and you'll receive the very next sip hot and fresh this delicious episode is brought to you by boldoja.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the toolbox of game crash course to kick ass day game get you out there get your day game sorted Pair it up with a 30-day challenge and you will be sweet. You can also book one-on-one Skype coaching where we dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to help you move forward in your life. You you can get infill breakdowns, you can have HD recorded sessions so you don't have to worry about taking notes. You can also gain access to the Bowl Inside, which is priority messaging, which means you get access to me on my private WhatsApp number. You also get access to priority bookings, so you won't be waiting forever to get your session booked in. Finally, you can book in for those deep, immersive boot camps, the Day Game Foundation of Boot Camps. Have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set. You know, it's about attaining the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see a woman anywhere that you are, anytime, anywhere, no matter how you're feeling, and be confident that you know exactly how to run this interaction, bring the best of yourself, the best of your 50, convey that direct, congruent, authentic, masculine intent. Yes, sir. Bootcamp is just the foundations of that and the work to come, which you will be uh, heavily, heavily involved with me for the 12 weeks after that. So... Serious inquiries only, or via boldojo.com. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through boldojo.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there, or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. All the links are down below, and anything that you guys do contribute goes straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. This is a preloaded question from a squat bro who said, any tips for staying social slash keeping your masculine edge when a, when in a monogamous relationship? Yeah, there's many ways to think about this squat bro. And I guess we'll start off with the most important thing in terms of maintaining this masculine edge. And by the way, you said in a monogamous relationship, but everything I'm about to talk on is actually relevant to all relationships and really specifically as well to casual relationships, which uh, I feel like more of my, more of you guys are in. I feel like of the demographic of the people that follow me, I feel like most of you guys are in your journeys. I, I know there's a few of you that are in monogamous relationships, but I think like there's a far more of a percentage of you that are in casual that are just learning to get your beaks wet, find out who you are in relation to many other people. So that's going to be all relevant to you as well. Everything I'm about to say, and the first thing I want to say here is it's life hierarchy. The way that you maintain your masculine edge is making sure you do not lose sight of the hierarchy of your life. You know, that you don't put your relationship with this girl or girls above your purpose, above why you're waking up. 
because when I think of all the guys that I know that I refer to as fallen soldiers that were just so sharp, they were sharp blades, but the moment they entered this relationship, they became pancakes. They entered pancake mode and they just dropped their principles. They stopped doing all the things that brought them to the wall. And this is how I kind of think about it, which is that there's many ways I, th- I like to think about this because it's something I've, I've just seen again and again. But maintaining your masculine edge, I feel, squad bro, is far more about what you do not allow than what you do allow. It's far more about the resisting of the temptations that your feminine brings you in terms of consumption, production versus consumption. When I think about all the guys that were once very sharp and that I would have them by my side, on my left and on my right, defending the wall with me, of those guys that ended up becoming these soft pancakes that lost their principles, I don't want them defending the wall with me. They stopped doing the things that brought them to the wall. It always comes down to production versus consumption, that they went from someone who was producing in life, who was not only producing a very high level for himself, but then was more importantly exporting that out to the rest of the world. And that was making sure that that was primary above all else, that his production for the rest of the world was primary above his consumption. And there's definitely a, a, a balance and a marrying. And of course, you've asked me this question. You've asked me this question. So I'm going to give you my interpretation, how I uh, view life, how I perceive this to go down. But of course, you're going to have a sliding scale of to how much do you consume versus to how much do you produce. As you guys, if you know me, and if you uh, follow any of my content, you know that I'm very heavy on the production side. And that actually, for me, it's that's the number one. That why you're waking up in the morning will always be number one. And for the guys that become pancakes, they lose sight of that. For the guys that, now I told you about the resisting of the temptation that the feminine gives you. Because this is very important, squad bro. Your feminine partner, your feminine being, will do the exact things and will ask you to do the exact things that will one day push her away from you. And that's what this pancake mode is. That's when guys lose their masculine edge. What's interesting about it, and what, this is why guys get very uh, jaded. They get very jaded when a woman cheats on them, when a woman drops them at the end of a two-year, three-year relationship, five-year marriage or whatever, and they have kids and whatever. I don't know. You know, There's so many different scenarios. Let's not get bogged down in one. But just when a woman leaves him because for lack of better terms he's not good enough anymore not good enough for her anymore guys get very jaded by this because well why why did she leave me what why am i not good enough anymore i thought she wanted me to sleep in on sunday i thought she wanted me to skip going to the gym skip eating the clean food skip skip having to grow and push and evolve myself throughout this life so i could be with her isn't that what she was saying to me i'm pretty sure that's what she was saying to me I'm pretty sure last Sunday morning when it was 8 a.m. and the sun came up and the birds started singing that I was supposed to get into the cold shower. I was supposed to go and do a 35, 40-minute fasted power walk and then my mobility and strength routine. I was supposed to do all that. But she's lying next to me and said, no, babe, babe, just sleep in. Just sleep in with me. It's warm. Here, we can even have sex. We can here. Just slip it in, you know, it's, come on, stay with me, don't go to the gym, don't, don't go on that, don't get that cold shower, don't go, what, you have to do a cold shower today, just this once, right, and I'm pretty sure that's what she was saying to me, and so I thought I was doing what she wanted by 
by meeting her desires, by pleasing her desires. In the moment, yes. In the moment, yes. And this is why guys get jaded by this. In the moment, it is almost the woman's role to tempt you with desires that will take you off your path, that will that will cause you to dull and cause you to become this pancake, right? Because in that short-term moment, she's just considered with the pleasure. She just wants that pleasure ride that you're going to be able to bring for her and uh, and to fulfill all those uh, pleasure centers for, and I'm not going to say lack of better terms, that is exactly the term I'm looking for. And so you fulfill that in the short-term moment. What you don't realize is that over the long-term, and this is the thing, is that pancakes aren't cooked over high heat. A pancake is cooked over a slow burn. Right? Otherwise, you're going to burn it. It's a slow ride. And this is what happens to guys that it's not happening at any one moment, which is where the, the fuckery, the mental fuckery comes in, where you just wake up a year later, you wake up two years later, and you're not the hard, icy motherfucker you used to be. You're not that guy that was staying true to his principles, that was handling all four, four sections of his temple from purpose to physical to mental to social development and was evolving and growing and making sure his part, partner's doing the same as well. It's not that in one day all of that caves and you lost your masculine edge. No, it, it happens in the small moments. Human beings are the most trainable, I, I believe, the most trainable biological mechanisms in the world. I feel like we, you can train a human being to do anything. Just look at the army. Look at the military. You can train a human being to kill. You can train a human being that if you... Put them through the right process if you, if you wash their sense of self so clean to the point where they're just, they've, they've been destroyed. Their sense of self is destroyed and then you can build them back up into whoever you want them to be to the point where you can convince this person if you pick up this piece of equipment and we tell you that this person over here is the bad guy, you will then go and pull that trigger. You can train a, human, a fully grown male human being to do that. That's insane when you think about it, which is actually just on a side tangent why I decided not to go into the military. Uh, I was very set on becoming an uh, intelligence officer in the army, going through infantry first and then maybe upgrading then potentially go to special forces. That was something that I was hardcore set on when I was in high school. I'd already mapped it out, my uh, course counselors and high school counselors and you know, going through the right uh, meetings. I, was, I did the army cadets, etc. But what I... What I found was that, I'm not sure rough, we were definitely in Afghanistan at that time. And there was something, I don't remember the night, I don't remember the moment, but as I looked deeper into it, and it was probably a part of my experience in the Army Cadets, which showed me that, but, but how can I just trust that what this person who's my superior says is the right thing? How can I trust that they say that, well, this person's bad, so I have to kill them and I have to end their life? I found that a very difficult struggle for me because, because I, I knew too much. Right? Because if you get into the stories of what's going on the outside, that good and evil and freedom fighter versus terrorist is very much perspective-based. Anyways, that's on a side tangent here. All I was really talking about was the trainability that you could train someone to kill. In the same way, you can train someone into submission. You can train someone into pancake mode. And that's how it happens, is that it happens through routine. We are creatures of routine. And through routine, you can train anyone to do anything. And you can unwire anything. You can be the hardest, iciest motherfucker with the straightest masculine edge. It just cuts through anything. But with enough time, and given enough time, 
and give it enough routine and give it enough daily repetition of, nah, babe, don't go to the gym. Nah, just stay in, sleep in, forget that cold shower. You do that once, you do that twice. You set the momentum, do that three times, and that just becomes the thing. Oh, I don't do cold, it starts off like that. I don't do cold showers on Sunday morning because because my girl wants me to sleep in. So I'll just make that Sundays. I'll make that even though you had held a record of, I don't know, several years before that doing cold showers every single day, and then all of a sudden, you forsake that. And this is the thing, this is the forsaking of the journey, your journey. And with, you've asked me for tips on staying, to this question, uh, social and keeping your masculine edge. It's As you're seeing, what I'm talking about here is that it's far more about what you do not allow. It is far more about... Because there's, there's infinite ways. There are infinite ways to maintain your age. I'll flip script here for a second. I know I didn't tie up a whole bunch of tangents, but we'll come back. There's many ways to look at this. We'll flip script for a second. I'll flip to the positive end of, well, one of the things that in my last serious relationship uh, that I did to maintain my, and actively, by the way, because the previous monogamous relationship to that, I was an abysmal failure. I lost my masculine edge. I became the pancake. And it was a very big reason for why I had to even go down the journey of learning social dynamics in general. Nothing against that girl. Nothing against that girl. I still love that girl to this day and I wish her the best. And I was, yes, I was young at the time, but I was, I've, I've told this story many times. When I was in high school, I was trending on natural. I had no issues with girls coming up from ages 13 to 16 when you really start the hormones start flying. Um, I was really good with girls. I had no problem interacting with girls. Uh, I lost my virginity at 16 and I was very natural at interacting socially. For those that know my story, I've just spoken on this in many podcasts uh, of Kevin W. Uh, I think we maybe not with Mikel, but I need to talk about Mikel later as well because he's a good example of someone who's maintaining his masculine edge in a monogamous relationship. Anyways, pause that. But I've discussed this in many different pieces of content, but I'll rehash it here for a second, which was... It was in that monogamous relationship when I was 16 that I did two, I made two fundamental mistakes that led me down the path of having to relearn social dynamics. And if I had not made those two mistakes, I would not be sitting here today having gone through the journey and have to have gone through the journey of completely rewiring my social dynamics and going from a five on the scale of zero to 10 to bring myself back up. I was trending somewhere between seven and eight. I had girlfriends easily when I was much younger. It was when I was 16 and I got into that monogamous relationship, I did two things. Number one, I got married, attached to the gym, to the point where I spent all my time there, literally six, seven days a week, all my time. And not just that within the actual physical gym, but all my time outside of the gym was focused on the gym, my nutrition, education, research, everything. It was all about this. And that might sound really good. And I've spoken this before. I'm trying to give you an abbreviated version because it's actually a much longer story. But that sounds all really good. You know, how could that be a bad thing? Well, for a 16-year-old who's in his fundamental formative years of learning social skills, if he's spending all his time at the gym, what is he not doing? He's not going to house parties, which is the only time that he's being introduced to cold interactions. It's the only time in his life where he's meeting girls as part of a natural environment that did not exist, uh, that does exist outside of his high school circle around the girls that he sees at high school and I went to a reasonably sized high school and there's a lot of girls there but I still get to see them every day house parties and these gatherings 
he called the guards back in the day. Uh, you know, it, there are girls that are going to be there that you don't know, you never met before, and that you don't have lukewarm interactions to. So I've, I stopped, I, I chose not. I actively said, I'm not going to these house parties. My friends used to get super upset at me. They used to call me up at 11 a.m., uh, 11 p.m. on a Friday night to say, Adam, we'll pick you up. We'll fucking pick you up. Just come. And it's not that my girlfriend wouldn't let me go. It's just that, and that's part two. So the part one was like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be fatigued for the next day at the gym. I need to hit some PRs next day at the gym. So I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I couldn't sacrifice sleep because it's that important, which is all true, but the balance, so out of balance. So, so there's that, but then part two was that. And then I had my monogamous relationship with my girlfriend and I said, well, I can just chill with her. I don't, I don't need to push myself socially. I don't need to push myself socially. I can just stay with my girl. And, uh, and so and that's why I say it's nothing against her. It was a decision that I made. And with those two things from 16 to 18 completely took me from on a natural path of social development to being a natural to someone who really struggled that by the time I got out, got out of that relationship with her and by the time I finished high school, I was like, fuck, I've skipped all, I don't know what it means to go up to a girl and provide direct, congruent, authentic. I don't know what it means to see a girl on the street or a girl in the club and just be able to go up to her and bring the best of my 50. Now, this is using all my terms now being a coach, but this is what naturals do. This is what naturals do without knowing that they do. And it's like, well, how did this all happen? Looking back now, that's exactly how it happened. I stopped socializing and I got attached to my girlfriend. We just stayed inside all the time, right? So... And that was my journey. I'm not sure how we got into that, got into that, but I think I was talking something about how I was, I'd never had to go down that path. I shouldn't have had to. So, oh yeah. And the things that, the things, it's about the things that you do not allow. Right. And, and for me, in a very ironic and paradoxical way, the fact that I was not allowing the social development, that's what took me right off. And so I want to bring it back. Oh yeah. And also I was talking about the infinite, the infinite things that you could do to straighten your blade and to sharpen you up. I'm going to pause it here for a second though and just uh, dive into the chat box. Just say hi. Well, Abel Martinez says, what up? Just got a Disney Plus account today. <laughs> what? Just got a Disney Plus account. Day threes are about to go to the next level. Disney and chill all day. Yes, sir, Abel. Yes, sir. <laughs> Disney and chill is legit. For those of you that don't know what he's talking about, Disney and chill is... Uh, yeah, you bring go back to your place and you just fire up that Lion King, you fire up that Little Mermaid, you fire up that Aladdin, and you have a sweet old time. You have a grand old time. <laughs> there is, I've, I've barely met a girl, I've barely met a girl that could not let go of herself while watching Disney. And that's why as well, by the way, to the point of last week's social Q&A on, what was the topic? can't remember the topic. We talked a lot about letting go of yourself, though. What was it? I don't, can't remember. Whatever it was, uh, letting go of yourself. That's why Disney and chill as well. That's why it's either Anchorman or Disney, but most of the time Disney because Disney movies allow a girl to just let go of herself and they bring her back to a time where she didn't have concept of self nearly as ingrained. You know, when we watch Disney movies, for those of you uh, that were born in the 90s, you know, that's when you were between five and eight you know that's and that's when you just don't have such a strong sense of self and it still hits us there so for girls that are above you know 20 years old it's a great date idea just what's your favorite disney movie slide it in a lot of girls will choose beauty and the beast many a time 
Many a time, the most powerful sexual nights have come from Beauty and the Beast, spurring off of that. Her choice. I'm not that. I'm not that crazy about Beauty and the Beast, but a lot of girls are. And uh, okay, so anyways, I just wanted to dive into the chat box and be a little bit more engaged. Sometimes I get on huge rants, but uh, if you guys are enjoying this content, drop me a thumbs up in the box down below, and uh, yeah, put your questions in. We will be getting to your questions sooner rather than later on dating, social dynamics, and relationships. Okay, getting back on here, I was talking about the <clears throat> the infinite amount of things that you could do to sharpen your blade, right? And to and to maintain this edge. Oh fuck yeah! That's why I was talking about it because I we got onto a tangent of how I made so many mistakes and how I became a pancake in that when I was sixteen monogamous relationship. But then what I was the reason why I mentioned that was because of how I completely corrected that in my next monogamous. It was a few, it was like a couple after, but my most recent monogamous relationship where I made an active state uh, with this girl that we will not, we will not degrade because that's something that can be said for most couples. Most couples just get into a relationship so they can rest on themselves, so they can settle, so they can chill, right? It's far and few between the relationships of, of people that are actually getting into a relationship so they can grow. It's a totally different thing. And so in my most uh, recent monogamous relationship, was actually quite some time ago, uh, that's, I completely corrected this. And the way that I was sharpening through that, because I had come from cold approach, that was something that I, I was never going to let die. That even when I was still with her, I was still going out and cold approaching people. And yeah, I wasn't doing it with sexual intent because past the casual relationship stage with this girl, of course, we enter it open and free. Once we had decided to get exclusive, closed and locked, I still, I still maintain that, by the way, I still need to go out and meet people. I still need to go out and see myself in relation to other people. And this is something we'll do together as well. You know, we just go up in the mall. We say, hey, I'm just going to say hi to this person. Got to say, hey, why? We would meet people together. And uh, when we're out at uh, social gatherings, we're out at her friend's birthday parties and these events and whatnot. That's another thing. When I'm at events, like say my girl's got a, it's her best friend's 21st or 23rd or something. And there's going to be like 50, 60, 100 people at this uh, a venue they hired out. You know, when I rock up, I'm not just going to stay with my girlfriend. I'm not going to just like, sit there with her because that's what a pancake would do. He would just like stay in his bubble and just wait for all the lukewarm interactions. It's like, no, like, let me sharpen up here. So I sharpen up is that when I, because I, not only do I hate that, it is more socially, social anxiety inducing to stay within your comfort zone, right? It's actually, it, it impedes you more to stay within your comfort zone because then it's just so apparent. It's so apparent that you do not have the ability to go up to anyone in this room and start something up. And so you're at the mercy of having someone come up to you. That That is crippling, absolutely crippling. So even when I'm in this monogamous relationship, happy with my girl, she's, we walk up to this venue. I remember this one night. At a, I uh, can't remember the name of the building, but it's in Goodger Street in Adelaide. And we rocked up and it was, there was a, oh, there was a lot of biddies at this party. A lot of biddies at this party. And, and uh, we rock up, we get, we get, our, we come in through, we get our names checked off the list. We walk in and all of a sudden she meets her friends like, hey, hey. And they say, hey, Adam, what's going on? And then I don't just rest there. I'm like, let's go to work. And that's my mentality. Let's go to work. And so I proceed to go throughout the entire room and make sure I've shaken every single person's hand, that I've met every single person. And this was something that I would do while in this relationship, no matter what the scenario was, 
when being introduced to these, because this is something, uh, Mr. Squat, bro, that you're going to find when you're in a monogamous relationship, not so much in casual relationships because part of our T's and C's in a casual relationship is that you shouldn't be going to her friend's birthday parties. You shouldn't be getting introduced to her friends at all. If you wanted that, you need to step it up to a closed and locked. Those are, go back to how to set up a casual relationship um, video. But anyways, those are T's and C's. So it's more for a monogamous here, but this is really powerful because that's what a pancake would do. I, what a pancake would not do. Like the guys that just get salted themselves and they get weak is that they just they rest on their girl. They rest on what they already have. But someone who wants to maintain his masculine edge and sharpen himself is that, well, he doesn't forget the moves that brought him to the wall. He doesn't forget all the things that made him so attractive in the beginning. And I'll finish this up for a second because I want to dive right. That's a really nice point. I will dive back up to before I get into these questions. <clears throat> Going out through the rest of this party and you extend your comfort zone. And yeah, it's not comfortable, but that's why. And that's one of the things here. And actually, I will extend it back up right now. Which is that you could almost boil down this entire question to one thing. Do you maintain your uncomfortability? Do you persist and consistently search for uncomfortable scenarios. That's a huge differentiator between guys that get into relationships, be it casual or monogamous. Oh, there's some stories I've got to tell as well on the casual side. One of my, some of my clients are finding out big time right now how quick a girl will drop you when she senses you become a pancake. How quick she'll drop you when all of a sudden she senses, ah, oh, this, this isn't the guy that I signed up to. And that's the flip. That's the flip I was talking about before was that the girl will actively do things and ask things of you that will push her away in the long term. In the short term, she will do the very things that is going to turn you into a pancake. So you can't get jaded at it. You can't get jaded at it because that's her role. If anything, that's her role. She needs to test you. She, it's, it's, it's her place. It's a feminine's role to be wild, electric, to be spontaneous, to, to do things that probably aren't the best. Right? That to... to to indulge in the short-term pleasure that isn't going to be beneficial for the long-term, okay? And it's going to be on you to maintain your frame. And for the guys that do maintain their masculine edge, they maintain their frame, they maintain their life hierarchy. And that's what I was going to mention before. Mikkel's a good uh, example of this. Uh, shout out to my boy, Mikkel. We've done a couple podcasts together and uh, really good podcasts. And even I still listen back to them to this day and there's so much uh, gold in them. Uh, one that was done in my place and one that was done over Skype with him in Bali. He lives in Bali now. And he's he's been in a, monog in a, in a monogamous relationship, I'm going to say for six months, maybe longer. Could be longer. Shout out to Miguel. If you ever watch this, drop me a comment down and let me know. But, and I, listen, he lives in Bali. But so I, I don't get to see him on the day-to-day. -day. I don't get to ask him exactly. I don't know exactly the nature of their relationship. But from what I see, and he's quite open in sharing about this stuff, uh, hit him up on Instagram at mikel.k, inspirational. And he, uh, of the stuff that he does share, he's one of the very few guys that I've seen that has entered an exclusive close and locked relationship with his girl, and they're both still growing. And he's still maintaining his masculine edge. And that he's still, he's still sharp. And he, he just got done on a 12-day Vipassana, his like, third one, and his girlfriend did it with him right? and a whole bunch of the, uh, the creators that he works for over there. And so that's the, that's the shit I'm talking about. And I'll finish this up here, Squad Bro, because I want to get into these questions or dive into the uh, social Q&A part of this uh, Q&A. But it's, there's two parts. There's two ways of looking at this. It's production versus consumption. It's that you keep your life hierarchy and mentality. 
in order, in check, that your purpose was always number one. When I look at Mikel, it's quite clear that he's not made his girl his purpose. And that's what these pancakes do. I was going to tell some stories as well about like masculine figures that I've had in my life. There's one thing that I've seen commonality about all of them, which is that while they, 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 they definitely, they're not as aggressive as maybe they were in their 20s or 30s when I, well, I didn't know them at that time being my dad's or whatever, but, you know, from what I used to see, but at the same time, they still maintain this air of that, I will still say no. Like, it's something that I always noticed with my dad and my stepdad, which is that they never lost the ability to say no to their wife, right? To the mother of their children. And that's what I was talking about before, that it's, it's very much about what you do not allow. That when she says, don't go to the gym, when she says, stay in and just have sex with me, when she says, chill today, chill tonight, get that pizza, Adam, pepperoni, huh? right? Get that pizza. Instead of you know acquiescing to that request and and allowing her and allowing that temptation to be taken, that you say no. Right? That's a big thing among amongst guys. And you know, it's yeah, I can go on for days on this. I can really go on for days. So if you can just marry that, squad bro, if you can marry that my life purpose is number one, I maintain my principles, I maintain all the things that got me to the wall. That if the hordes were at my city walls today, I would still be ready to defend them. That I would be ready to defend the walls, which means that not only on a purpose, physical, mental, and social based sense, my outward temple, that that's all in great condition, immaculate condition, that I'm peaking, that I'm peaking in those spots, right? That, that that's all there as well, but also on a more inner level of character, character and self-knowing and awareness of where you're at, that that's another yeah, guys that lose their sense, lose their sense in this life when they become... In, when they enter these monogamous relationships, part of the losing of an edge is that a guy now starts to use terms such as my better half, starts to use terms such as as if his woman or he is not an individual anymore or that, or that he does not have his own sense of power, that every decision he has to make is attached to this other girl. And the fallen soldiers, there's guys that I know, really close guys that I know that used I would have used to have loved them to be with me by the walls that I would have had them defending the walls of me. That's how sharp they were. And then somewhere along the way in their relationship with this girl, they got soft. They got weak. They became pancakes. And it's a slow burn for sure. A pancake is cooked over slow heat. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is, not the, this is a shell of the person I used to know. This is a shell. And it's not that you can't transform and change in a relationship, but it should only be for the better and the stronger, not for the weaker and the slower. Yeah? So... That's where I'm going to wrap this up. And I thank you for that question. I was supposed to address it last week. But uh, for the first time in a very long time, we have wrapped up the content section. I mean, it was, it was content. It was content, but it spurred off a very tactical question. So, uh, oh, fuck. I was going to mention the casual relationship stories. So let me just say this real quick. You're in that chat box right now. You're in this YouTube live stream. Drop me a thumbs up down below. Let me know you're enjoying this. Helps to get sent out to the stream. And also... Uh, now you can hit all your questions. I'm going to dive into these questions real quick. I just want to give a shout out to some of my clients that are currently in casual relationships that are finding out this the hard way. How quickly, I mentioned this very briefly before, but I didn't elaborate on it. How quickly a girl drops you when you stop doing the things that brought you to the walls. I've had many a client that have gone through the cold approach journey, 
gone that 30-day challenge, been out there in the day meeting these girls, going out the night meeting these girls, and then he found this one girl that was just the fucking next level, just the next level of dime. And he's just like, now he's Smith. Now he's Mr. Smith with her. And he's just, he even tells me, he's like, I met this girl, I met Alexandra last week, fake name, I met Alexandra last week, and she's just, I never thought I'd be with a girl like this before. So, and I'm like, I can sense it, I can sense it as he's talking to me. And I'm like, I know I've got to ask this question, just let him finish, let him finish, Adam. So I let him finish his gushing about how cool she is and how amazing she is and how when they have sex, it's amazing and how she's just so cool. She's just such a cool girl. I've never been with a girl this cool before, right? And I've heard this, one of my clients, Chad, it's Chad to T, he knows I'm talking about him in this story, but I know I've got a couple clients right now that are going through this where they're just like, they're, they're putting this girl on such a high pedestal because it's just the next level of girl. And I know how this is going to turn out. And I know the thing he's going to say when I ask him. I'm about to ask him this question, which is, by the way, have you, have you been out the last two weeks? How's, how's your social dynamics been the last two weeks? And he goes, oh, yeah, I kind of stopped. You know, I, I didn't really meet anyone over the last two weeks. I've just been, I've been, I've just been loving this girl, hanging with this girl. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not. <laughs> That's it. That's what they yeah. in the control room. If there's like ten atoms sitting around the round table, there's that one that's just like, yeah, just <laughs> he doesn't want to say it. But all the other nine atoms are looking at him, going, "Fucking say it!" And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to say it." The reason why I'm not going to say it is because he needs to learn this the hard way. I fucking had to learn it the hard way, and the hard way is in fact the only way you learn this lesson, which is that no doubt this girl will drop him in two weeks or less. I know this because I've seen this again and again, not only with myself, but with many different clients, many different backgrounds, different countries, that whenever I hear a guy talking about a girl like this, she's just such a cool girl, such an amazing girl, and simultaneously stopped going out. They're not in an exclusive relationship. They're not in clothes or locked. And so I know if I, I can't, but it doesn't matter. Even if I was to tell him, oh, by the way, the way you're thinking about this, the way that you're treating this girl, putting her on the pedestal, you are entering the badlands of the Mr. Nice Guy. You are, you are hidden. You are igniting the flame that will roast this pancake. You are literally entering Pancake Road right now. But it doesn't matter. I could tell him that till the cows come home. It's not going to matter. He has to get burnt. He has to get burnt. He has to get dropped. He has to get consumed by the darkness of a woman saying, because, yeah, and this girl's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about pushing it. Don't worry about pushing it. Just spend all your time with me. Right? She's going to, because that's the test. That's the test. And so I know with, this, with these clients, with that previous one I was talking about before, two weeks later, sure enough, comes back to me and says, yeah, she didn't want to see me anymore. Uh, she didn't want to see me anymore. And I'm like, and do you know why? And I know why. I know why. And I thank you not for telling me. Because you had to learn it the hard way. So I can tell you to the cows come home, not, you, it's probably a bad idea when you're meeting a girl of this caliber to stop going out when you're so early in your journey. Right? It's probably a bad idea. You probably need to keep learning more about yourself here because not only for the fact that you need to see yourself in front of other people, but also you need to protect against your default mode of Mr. Nice Guy Pancake. Right? You need to protect against that, especially when you're so young in it. So, But you can tell someone that to the cows come home he, he loses his masculine age so quickly. And of course, the girl drops him in two weeks, never to be seen again. This story is very common. 
Very, very common. So anyways, I just wanted to mention that because that's a, I was thinking, I was visualizing a particular client from about a year ago who mentioned this, but I've got a couple clients right now that are entering this zone and uh, just, you know, do what you will. There's that one atom around the, with the one out of 10 atoms, it's like, all right, <laughs> okay, just don't go out then. Stay in Sunday mornings and just keep having sex with this girl. All right, keep forsaking the journey. Keep forsaking the journey. I want to see what happens. <laughs> Why fucking not, right? Why fucking not? Because I want to. I want to see you get burnt. I want to see you get burnt. Why? Because you need to get burnt. Uh, that's the only way we learn through pain. So, anyways, <clears throat> now that I've I've had my fun. Now I've had my fun with that. Now I'll dive into the chat box and I'll address your questions. And I know this is a very random thing I'm going to say right now, but the last few weeks we've been talking about music for sex. And we're talking about the Uwe Tang 9000 uh, Spotify playlist and the Panda Emperor playlist. There's this one, I forgot who it was. Who was it? Was it Abel? Or was it someone else? I think it was someone else. They asked me if I liked the weekend's music. And I said, there's not, I initially said yes, but I was mistaken for Khalid. But actually, there is one track that I really do like from. The weekend that is in the Wu Tang 9000 playlist. I'm pretty sure if it's not, it should be. It's called a Real Life, and I'm pretty. I think it is. I'm actually just going to type it in now. By the way, guys, this is just a side tangent. This is just a side tangent. As uh, I'm about to dive into your questions, I swear to God, I will just after I make sure this is added to the Wu Tang 9000 playlist. It is now. 100%. Yes. Yes, I can't play it. I've, I've just added it there. But anyways, that is the one song that I do like by the weekend. Anyways, that was just on a playlist talking about sex and whatnot. So, let's get new questions. I've got to make sure it's the, real, the right version though. So, I'll go back and check that. But I have just added it to the WeTang 9000 playlist. Okay, here we go. So, oh, also, by the way, before we do get to these questions, uh, don't forget, Bowl Sip, weekly email newsletter. It's If you guys weren't here at the beginning... I've pretty much dropped a full mini article. Uh, it's barely even mini. It's actually a pretty decent article in there. Like there's some legitimate, it took me some real time to put it put it together. And it's about overcoming your perceived fire of anxiety. And uh, for those of you that are dealing with cold, cold uh, sorry, um, approach anxiety, I say that with rabbit ears because uh, it's, it's not how I perceive it anymore. It's approaching excitement. But if you want to know how you get to that place of reframing approach anxiety to approach excitement, you need to get this week's email. So all you have to do is head to bordojo.com, enter your email. Before 3.20 p.m. this Friday, You will today, you will receive that. So uh, let's go, bordojo.com. Diving into this chat box. Okay, yeah, Abel said he got that Disney Plus account. I don't even know what Disney Plus is, but it sounds like a good time. For sure, Disney and chill is life. Uh, Schemo comes in, says, ciao. Uh, <laughs> Okay, ciao, how? Uh, how do you best approach groups of girls and eventually narrow down <clears throat> to the one you are really interested in? So because I know Schemo, I've got a bit more context on Schemo. He's definitely talking about night game here and uh, meeting girls at night. So how do you best, I just want to now need to reframe that question with that context. Do you best? How do you best approach groups of girls and eventually narrow down to the one you're really interested in? So... Just like in the, we did a social Q&A schema a few weeks ago where I missed a Miyagi-Do, 
where I gave you straight tactics from the beginning without explaining the principles and actually made for a really difficult podcast on my end because it's a complete reverse of how I normally think. Normally we go principles and mindset first, explain why and then the how because it's just logical. It makes sense. But I was just I was just about to dive into a straight tactic on approaching girls and isolating which one is the one that you are most connected with. But is that your actual question? You said eventually narrow down to the one you're really interested in. You, the fact that you've used the word eventually there, that's a red flag. I will come back to that in a second. So yeah, I'll give you some straight tactics. Okay, let's say uh, you're out the front of a club and you're in the line and you see, or not even the club you were going to, but you just notice as you're walking down the street and you're in the weight of a club that you're going to with your boys and uh, you see this club and you see this big group of girls out the front. Big group of girls out the front. And it's not like any impeding time pressure. They're not just about to get their hands stamped. And it's like, yeah, I could definitely speak to these girls. They're having a good time. One of the, my favorite things to do is just to walk up to a group of girls and just, just say, yo, hey girls, which one of you is the coolest? Cut. That's it. You just pose that question. Which one of you is the coolest? All right. It is like if you've ever been to a duck pond and chucked in a slice of bread. <laughs> it's just like, well, I'm the fucking coolest. No, no, Right? It is like a fading frenzy if you've got a bunch of girls that are having a good night. Now, of course, like, I recommend trying this with girls that aren't having a good night. We'll see how that goes as well. But it's just it's something that uh, I personally love to do. Now, this is why it's weird for me because that's a tactic I've given you without explaining why and explaining the principles behind it. But I thought I'd start this with something fun. But that's just something that you can use tonight, which is that now, of course, if you are... If you are between 12 to 3, you do not have uh, the best of your 50 coming out. You do not have the intent, the eye contact, the vocal projection, the body language, and the vibe with the power, the masculine energy behind it. Uh, you're probably not going to get that feeding frenzy. But when you are on and when you are feeling the moment, you're feeling that vibe, you're bringing the best of your 50. One of the best things you can do with a group of girls. Now, the reason why I mentioned that is because when you say to a group of girls, which one of you is the coolest? What generally, genuinely and generally ensues is a feeding frenzy of girls clamoring to prove that they are the coolest. For me, the one that is the coolest is the one that says the least. And this to me, because to your question of how do I, how do I, you know, narrowing eventually to, you said, eventually narrowing down to the one that I'm really interested in. If, I, if there's five to six girls there, instead of me wasting my time spending five, 10 minutes with every single girl and trying to isolate this uh, this connection, I just threw out a real qualifier. I guess qualification on steroids, which is because normally in if you're meeting girls in the day, this is the big difference between day versus night. And I've got a whole podcast on this on day versus night, which is, and actually the most recent, which what's the most recent one? Because I've got a few of them, but there's one that if you're interested, that is very good, very good. Day, um, day versus night. Eh... Day versus night. Oh, I'm just typing this in. Okay, there's... Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to get de derailed on this. But it's actually really important. Hold on, I've got to just go... i just got to dive into the bottom... Oh, but it's going to take me a while to find it. What is it? It's a podcast on... But it's not titled Day versus Night. It's something like... It might be tips for... Day gamers, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the tips for day gamers going out at night. It's something like that, but it's a very recent podcast. It's very recent. It's like it's not the number three one. It's something much further back. But anyways, the reason why I'm mentioning it 
the day game is guide to night game. Yes, I think that's it. Is it? Fuck, I can't get it. It's going to take me forever. It's going to take me forever. Listen, if I can remember, I'll chuck it in the in the show notes at the end. But it's somewhere, it might not be called that, but it's like tips for day gamers going out at night. Something that it's a full podcast though. Anyways, the whole reason why I'm mentioning it is because the main difference between going out in the day and going at night is that it's in the day, one-to-one, at night, one-to-many. And so the one-to-many principle infers and ensues a very large time commitment that I'm going to be spending between 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. if I'm in that hustle mode, 30-day challenge, 30-night challenge, and uh, and I'm really in that 12-to-3 zone. You know, if you get in beyond 12-to-3, maybe you don't need to spend from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. every single Friday, Saturday night. But, you know, when you're learning, I recommend it. And so anyways, anyways, bringing it right back in for this tactic that I gave Schemo, which is it's hardcore qualification on a, on steroids because by saying to a group of girls, you know, which one of you is the coolest, you're really just qualifying to see which one, and because the coolest girl is the one that cares the least. The girl that is not going to be absolutely clamoring and, you know, just, just seagulling over you right here, that's the one that I look for. That's the one that I'm like, oh, I'll spend my time with her. I want, to, I want to speak up with her. Now, I gave you the example of walking down the street and doing that with, with a group of girls, but it applies very well to girls in a bar, groups of girls in the bar, groups of girls that uh, are out in that outdoor outdoor drinking area, smokers area, and uh, you know, you're rolling up and say, you know, so you girls, which one's the coolest here? And it's just it's very interesting when you when you really have belief and power behind it, how it's like seagulls, like girls just go fucking... Like they're just trying to compete with each other to prove who's the coolest. And then it just shows you which one is because the one that cares the least is always the coolest. That is always the leader of this group of girls. It's always the leader. I remember this one time on boot camp, advanced social dynamics boot camp. We're out at night at the Carlton in Melbourne and we're up on like the third level. And there's this, uh, there's this round table, like, you know, like the barrels, but like really big barrels outside and it's just like there's so many people just like on this balcony outdoors like the second or third level up and there's so many people just jacked into here and the type of people that go to the Carlton are like mid-20s they're not like early 18 18 to 21 they're more like the youngest there is probably 23 and up you know it's 23 and up so more mature girls there and and so everyone else is and there's just all these people crammed in and this is just a table of just absolute Pities. just these just like a typical blonde australia girls the netballers and the reason why i remember netballers is because that's what i'm like i'm like okay which one of you is the best netball player and i go around to this, this table of these girls and there's like five or six of them and they're all just there i'm like which one of you is the best netball player and because you can just tell like okay for guys that don't live in australia what is it in america what's the equivalent the equivalent in america are the cheerleaders so you know, because in America, like at least from our understanding of Hollywood, that all the most popular girls in American high schools did cheerleading, right? That's just like the stereotype that we have our base, our understanding of. So the equivalent would be that if I was maybe in uh, New York or something, and I'd go up to the table and I saw all these typical like uh, Californian girls or whatever around the table, say, which one of you is the best cheerleader? Netball is the equivalent in Australia. All of the most popular girls in Australian high schools they all played netball. They all, uh, without a doubt, they all did other things as well, but without a doubt, they've all been on a netball team. It's all very, they can relate to this. 
And so I say this to these girls and all of a sudden feeding frenzy. Or he goes like going, I was the fucking best netball player. I ha- I, you know, I was the MVP. And you got these girls like arguing with each other. But then it's the one that's saying the least. It's the one that doesn't really care. And she's kind of like, eh, you barely said anything. And that's even more attracted to me. And so I just turn to her and I'm like, what's your deal? Why'd she say nothing? Right? She's just like, well, you know, I, I don't know if I was the fucking best or not. And I'm like, yeah, let's go here. <laughs> let's go. And that's, so to Skimmer's question here, we went tactics first because I want to give you some tactics you can take tonight. But when dealing with a group of girls, in order to be as time efficient as possible is just go harder with qualification. This is the principle behind what I'm doing because I'm not, I've, I don't feed any of my clients lines. Bootcamp a couple of weeks ago, I don't feed them lines. I don't feed you guys lines. I never have and I never will. I only give you princi- the structure and the principles behind them so that you can just insert your own personality behind it. And so you can you don't have to now go out and say, which one of you is the coolest? Which one of you is the best netball player? No, that's just from my own brainchild. That's just Adam, right? You want to take the principle of what Adam used. And what Adam used is steroid-based qualification, which is cut the shit as soon as possible and let's just make these girls compete with each other and the one who cares least wins, right? You can you could use anything. You can use anything here. Which one of you is most likely to be? Which one of you? You all seem like models, but which one of you is actually a model, right? Hey, all these girls are going to all of a sudden like, competition, like, oh, being judged, being judged. They love to rise to that. The one who cares the least, she's the, she's the coolest. She's the girl that you want to spend your time with. Right. And you, if you know this, for any guy that has been out for any considerable considerable amount of time at night, and even if you weren't consciously doing this, but now you are going to consciously do it, but if you just qualified even a little bit, like even a little bit, say you got like three or four girls at this bar, and you just you just juxtapose and, and contrast one off the other, which is just basics. Like, that's just basics. It's still qualification, but it's basics, which is just, it's just not as aggressive, where it's like, well... You can't look like the evil one and you look kind of smart. You know, and then all of a sudden you've given these two girls a qualifying point where they are now going to, if not compete with each other, but at least argue over the fact of, no, I'm this, no, I'm that, right? When, and this is not just a principle of girls as well. This is just how you dominate groups in general. That the, the, pers- the person, a qualification in general, there's only one person can lead. Only one person in a human interaction can lead. The rest are followers. Whether it's a one-to-one between the masculine and the feminine, only one can lead. It's always going to be the masculine energy. Or should be the masculine energy. It's a real fucking abomination when it's not. And you see, that's when a pancake, that's when you get a pancake from the earlier this social Q&A. Right? But in the one-to-many, if you want to dominate a group of five to ten people, the way that you do is that you set the qualification from the beginning. <clears throat> Whenever you are finding yourself with no power in a group, it's because you took the back foot and were happy to be a follower. Now, that doesn't mean that you're this motor mouth that is just constantly like a public speaker in a group. What you notice actually is that the people who do dominate the groups, they often say the least, but have the most impact when they do speak. The alphas, alpha males and alpha females of groups, they say the least, but when they do speak, they have the most impact. And they don't need to constantly be talking over other people. They don't need to constantly uh, have their foot in the door of every single little thread of conversation. But when they do speak, everything they speak from comes from a place of that you have to meet my standard. You have to qualify to me. It's not me qualifying to you. So you get into a group of girls, three or four girls tonight at the bar, 
And just by you merely setting the qualification from the beginning of that, I'm going to speak my mind, which is, and you can use training wheels here, scheme of I think, I feel, I see. Those are the training wheels I detail in my toolbox of game ebook. They're great training wheels to start off qualification, but it's really about the energy. The energy of that, I speak my mind, I say what I see, and I call it what it is. And whether you agree or disagree, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to light you up. And that's the qualification mindset. And so I see these three girls, and I'm like, well, you look kind of evil, you look kind of smart, and I don't, you look like Jasmine from Aladdin, right? That all of a sudden you've given this qualification set point. Now all these girls are going to compete with each other, and if not with each other to disprove what you've said, there were these two girls in Canada. I know, I've, I know I've, I've got to wrap this up. I've got to wrap this up because I've got to get to some other questions. But, but, uh, <laughs> this is just, it's a fucking great question you ask, Evo. Like, listen, I rate questions. We've had some shitty questions over the, over the last 14 weeks. <laughs> uh, no, I said that all the time. But this is a good question. But, but I do realize there's a lot of other questions in the chat box. I will wrap it. I'll, just, I'll, say, I'll finish this up, Skeet. When I was in Canada this year uh, coaching in Toronto, at the end of day two and we were in free ball, I met these two girls. Shout out to, Mar- uh, shout out to M. I, I can use his first name. Shout out to Mario. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And uh, we were outside the Eden Center, and it's beautiful. It was fucking raining all day. It rained so fucking hard that my umbrella broke. That it literally, the wiring underneath broke. That's how hard it rained. Had to catch that Uber. Anyways, the sun came out, and it was beautiful. It was hot, and it's like 5, 6 p.m. We're going to pass. We're going over, crossing over from the Eden Center in front, which is like the main, for those that have never, never been to Toronto, that's like the main place to me, girls. It's the number one mall, and the section is the most high volume of people. And there's a train station across, like a subway that goes underneath across the road. And then I'm going across the road. And these two days walked by. And they were like, they were young, but I didn't think they were as young as they were. They ended up being like 14. But the way they were dressed, you could, Jesus, and thick as well. Thick like a milkshake. And uh, and I remember stopping them both. And the, I think the first thing I said to, it was, what was I saying to them? But it was this, it was the same qualifying principle. Oh yeah, I think, I think it was Eve. I think one of them genuinely looked like she could have been Jafar's wife. You know, <laughs> you know from Aladdin, like she could have been Jafar's wife. Like you just look, one, you both look kind of evil, but I can't tell which one's e- more evil. And I was just going, I remember this whole thread of evil with these two. And they were just like arguing with each other back and forth about, no, I'm fucking, blah, blah. and you know, and it was just like, from here, it's like, I can, well, that's it. I can just, like, it's done. It's done here. I, I've set this frame. These two here are now competing uh, to show me which one is cooler and which one I spend more time with. And that's the whole thing of Skimmo's question here, which is, uh, Narrowing it down to the one you're really interested in. Now, he used a red flag word of eventually. Can you see why that's a red flag word now, Skibo? Eventually infers that you are biding your time, playing the Mr. Nice Guy hand, and taking your sweet fucking time. When you're in a group with a group of girls, not to say rush, but you should not make out, you should not waste. Do not waste time. You don't need to rush, but not waste time. Because this is a very a standard principle, which is in the absence of qualifying and in the absence of a strong masculine frame, you are by default in the Mr. Nice Guy pancake frame. You are in that you're in that weak mindset. If you eventually, if you're taking your time, 
the more time that elapses between you and a group of girls where you aren't in control and when you aren't taking the lead and ascertaining, is this the girl that I'm in with and this is the girl that I want to spend my time with and we get to know more, the more time that elapses with that, the more time you are showing the girl that you could, that would be interested in you, that is the coolest girl, that actually this guy's probably not the guy. It's probably not the guy. Because in all of her experiences, all the most attractive men and males that she's been with has always qualified straight off the bat, whether they were consciously doing it or unconsciously doing it, for the most part, unconsciously, because naturals, of course, do not consciously process this. So, yeah, I'll wrap this up here. I only said that five times. I will wrap this up here. That uh, don't waste your time. Are you going out tonight? Make an active process tonight. Actively go out tonight and go up to groups of girls and qualify right off the bat, engaging all of them. That's the principle. Don't worry about having to use any things that I said. Just read the girls in front of you. Look at the type of girls they are, right? And just shoot out a question, a qualifying statement, something that is going to not only ruffle feathers, but uh, potentially offend people, which is good. And also fire and just light them up, fire them up. Throw it out to there to them. Throw them out. And see what happens. What you often find is that one girl will react less and she is often the coolest. Right? And also, don't be tempted into taking the girl that clamors over you. Because the girls that the, the the girl that isn't the alpha gets even more lit up by that. And so she's going to be coming after you with that. And it's on you to not kind of settle for second best and say, yeah, that's really cool. I do like I do like the fact that you're you're wearing a pink, pink bra tonight, but actually I was really interested to this girl and you go to this girl. So yeah, there's so many lessons here. There's so I spent a whole fucking seminar on this. Uh, we could have, this has almost become it. So anyway, schemes, hope that helps. Thank you very much for a great question. So my friends, just before I dive into some more questions here, we've got a lot more time for questions because we filmed, we finished up the content section very quickly. If you're enjoying this content, please drop me a thumbs up down below in this video. It helps me, uh, helps this video get sent out to the rest of the stream with YouTube's algorithm. And drop me a comment as well. Drop me any questions, your feedback, say hi. And if you're watching this in post, drop me a comment as well. That really helps. So, and I always come back and answer those questions. And yes, if you haven't sold up, signed up for the Bullsip weekly email newsletter that's going out 3.20 p.m. today, some straight hardcore tactics on overcoming your anxiety perceived fire of anxiety you do not want to miss out on that edition and uh i will not be resending it if you miss it fuck it fuck tough shit you will miss it so here we go next question grit 32 says to me hey adam <clears throat> do you have a mic product recommendation for recording your approaches i sure fucking do let me uh mate. I'm going to go grab it. I have got... Oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go grab it. Just don't freak out. I'll be back in five seconds. <laughs> I'm back. I'm fucking back. Relax. People. People, relax. We got straight tactics here. So I'm just going to dive into OBS here to make sure you guys can see this. So I'm going to give you three options for... Excuse <coughs> me. Oh. Bit of slag in the throat. Uh, I'm going to give you three options. I'm going to give you from 
the most basic mic approach for recording your approaches, mic approach, mic setup for recording your approaches. I'm gonna give you the absolute basic level. I give you one level up from that and one level above that one. So, and I'm just explaining all this because I realize we've never done this before and I feel like you guys would get a lot of benefit from it. And of course, because if any of you purchase my Toolbox of Game ebook, you will receive an email of me within 28, 48 hours giving you tips on how to use the ebook, which is going into a 30-day challenge, which of course, you must record every single interaction and review them at the end of, end of every single day. I don't care if you do 30, 50 approaches a day. If you don't get to objectively when the emotions have been have allowed it to subside and to go back and reflect on each interaction and break them down through what did I do well, what would I improve next time, and arm yourself with the ammunition to go out the next day and improve, it's, it's, it's like, why did you even go out? Why did you even go out? I would rather you do five to 10 interactions, audio record all of them, break them all down, go out the next day, than do 40 to 50 interactions and not review them at all. I would rather the five to 10, you've got to be accurate, I call it accurate, Accurate feedback. So that's why the mics, and that's why I dived off to get these mics, uh, is so important. So that's why I am going to dive into this because it's a great question which I haven't been asked for. So I'm going to give you the different levels of what is necessary, what is what is uh, best, best practices here. Because I've got several hundred dollars worth of mic equipment in here, and there's not necessary. Like <laughs> there's many. There's, I'll give you the basic option, the born on a budget option first. So I'm just getting these wires out. Give me a sec. Jot them out there. Okay. So the most basic way of recording your your interactions is this. Apple earphones, 3.5 millimeter plug. Boom. Done. Audio recorder app. Put it in your fucking pocket. Out of the shirt. Done. This mic is plenty good enough. When I first started, this is all I had. <clears throat> Now, this is all I had. And even to the point where what I would do is actually I would get like a pair of Apple earphones and I just cut off this earphone and I'd put it underneath my shirt and tape it there the way I would with a normal lavalier. But that's just because at the time when I first started, lavaliers were really expensive. Nowadays, you can get a lavalier mic for like 20 bucks US and uh, reasonable quality as well. So that is the born on a budget, right? That is what I recommend all guys do. Now, yes, there are... For the people who use iPhones, who use Apple, there are seldom, if none, secret hidden voice audio recording apps. And what I mean by that is that when you hit audio record on your phone, it, it is often going to bring up in the notification bar a little symbol that you are in fact recording. And so a lot of guys get really anxious about this because when they go to close a girl, they don't want her to see the audio recorders going. And I get that. I get that. I, I just put up with it when I was coming up. But but for people in Apple, I, don't, I, I checked like three months ago. They still don't have a hidden, a true hidden one where they hide it. They might now. They might. But I know for a fact on uh, Android, because I use an Android, there are several hidden voice recording apps. And I believe it's just called Secret Voice Recorder. It's like the 4.5 star one, which does record... <clears throat> It's a free app as well that record that hides the recording on your phone if you're really that anxious about it. But this is something that all of you guys can do. And listen, so that's number one. Next level, if you don't want to have to worry about <clears throat> having to having to hide the voice recording app or 
having to, uh, now this is, I'm speaking for in the day here. The next option, because really this option is more for people going out in the day. I wouldn't recommend this for night. Oh, you could, but at night it's a bit uncomfortable because at night you're using your phone so much and you have to keep pressing stop start on the recordings. So what's better at night is to just have an endless recorder that just records the entire night, right? That is much more effective because then you don't have to worry about stop starting and you get it out of your mind and you have your phone free to use Instagram and to use WhatsApp and you know, all this stuff, right? So the next option is what I'm going to show you, which is my, which is the best recommendation. This is, that is the bowling on a budget. But to be honest, the next, the next option is actually ridiculously cheap anyway. Like when I compare it to the highest level. So here's the next one, Grid32. <clears throat> By the way, for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast, you should probably hit up the YouTube version for this to see what I'm talking about. So Zoom H1N. This is the, the upgraded version. The Zoom H1, you can get so cheap nowadays. This is an external recorder that all you need to do is get paired up with a cheap as fuck lavalier mic. On, on eBay, you can get like lavalier mics. I think one of them is called the Squid. That's like $20, $20-$30, right? And for those of you that don't know what a lavalier mic is, it's just this. Is again, 3.5 millimeter jack. Line in, plugs in. So, and then what you do is you stick this to your chest. Now, there are many ways for those who go, but how do I stick it to my chest? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's actually a good question if you've never done it before. So this right here, but actually before I get to that, and for, the, for those of you that have just like joined the live stream, what the fuck? Is this like a tech tech session? Kind of, but this is about recording your approaches. So this one here, this I think the Zoom one, you can get a Zoom H1 and I think this is about 120 or 110 Australian, but you can get them really cheap online and you can get even versions of this, like Sony versions that are cheaper. I just recommend the Zoom H1N. It's really good, awesome quality. And, uh, you know, batteries will last for a hell of a long time. I've got a 32 gigabyte card in here that will record about 24 hours worth of content. So cheap, cheap as fuck. And uh, yeah, type taping it up. I'm just gonna give you some short, quick practices on how to mic yourself up. So before, before the idea of reversible, reverse side stickies were invented, where, which is what I use nowadays, before that it was invented, what me and my wings used to do was just medical tape. Okay, so I'll do it for you here just on the outside of my shirt just so you can see. All you have to do is go to Coles, go to your supermarket, and you just go find medical tape. Okay, why medical tape? Because it's just not, uh, it's uh, non-reactory, um, like you're not gonna get a reaction to it for those that have sensitive skin. So all you're gonna do is grab a piece of medical tape and you're gonna reverse it on itself. So you just, you just loop it around itself like that. You stick it to itself so it's sticky on both sides. Boom. Stick it to your chest. I'm sticking it to my shirt right now because otherwise it's not going to be practical for this video. Done. <laughs> Done. You just see it right there. Now, of course, secure it. Secure it by uh, putting another tape down, down below. There you go. Mic'd up for the night. That's on your chest. I recommend putting it just where the dip is below your chest is. That's it. That's literally it. That's all you have to do. Now, of course, you can step it up by getting to the next level, but I've, this is really cheap. This, you can set all night. You put this on at the start of the night, put it in your back pocket, that's it. It's gonna be recording, you never have to worry about it. You get awesome audio quality. 
It's so fucking cheap. That, that's what my real thing about it is that this used to be so expensive. Back in the day, so expensive. Not anymore. Now, the mic I'm using here, this lav, this lav is like a $250 lavalier. You don't have to get that. You can get lavaliers for 20 bucks and they do a very decent job, at least for your purposes, right? So that's what I mentioned. I will now show you the very best <clears throat> just because just because I want to flex. <laughs> just because I'll show you that if, if for some reason you wanted the absolute best. Oh. By the way, <clears throat> absolutely not necessary what I'm about to show you. <clears throat> oh, also, by the way, for those of you, when I'm doing my infield recordings, like Day Game Sessions 3, or when I was infield recording two weeks ago, I get double mic'd. I use this as a backup. <coughs> Don't get that out of my throat. Uh, <coughs> we good? I think we're good. That went down the wrong pipe. So, hold on, let me get some of this. <coughs> so when I'm when I'm uh, recording my own infield, this is my this is my double. I have two mics on. Because the other mic that I use that plugs directly into my DSLR camera is line of sight Bluetooth, which so if you get a lot of bodies in between in a busy city, uh, it cuts out the audio. Whereas this audio will never cut out. So that's really, that's what's really good about this. So this thing right here, this is the next level. So if you want to step it up, next thing you're going to do is that, I'll uh, show you right here, is that you're going to get some of these. All right, this is from the Rode, you can get these, I forgot what they're called, Rode Lav Mic Kit, something like that. Basically, this is a sticky, a, it's like a holster for your microphone. So if you don't want to have to fuck around with the medical tape, and of course the medical tape can fall off when you're sweating, and if you've got a girl dancing with you, yeah, it can get a little, you, you might have to re-mic a couple times during the night, which is annoying. You got this, <whistles> boom, that sticks on. It's like a little holster for those of you on the podcast. It's like a holster for your microphone. Keeps it in there. It has a place for two mics as well. So when I'm recording myself, I've got that one and I've got a secondary mic that's also in there as well uh, for the, the one that's going through to the camera. Now I'm telling you, this is the this is the number one. This is like the absolute best you can do, which is not necessary. It's not necessary. I have to do this for filming purposes, but I understand that most of you are not going out there filming yourselves and producing content and also running boot camps where you must have the highest possible uh, equipment quality possible possible. So this is the other thing: reversible stickies. Uh, this is a double side sticky which goes onto the back of this one here. Which for all my bootcamp clients, you're very familiar with these. And then we'll again get stuck to your chest, and this stays here all night. I'm not going to use it now because these are ridiculously expensive. However, however, I have discovered something this week. The, that's, now this is all provided by Road, right? And these reverse stickies—they're pretty expensive. You get a pack of like 10 for like, I think it's like 50 or 60 bucks. Uh, however, these little plastic holsters last you for life. So if you don't want to fuck around with the medical taping and all that kind of stuff, I'll still do that for backup anyway. Just get one of those reversible things. And you can probably buy off-brand ones that are much cheaper. But uh, Rycote. Rycote does a hundred pack of reversible stickies for like, what did I pay? About 70 bucks, 60 bucks. You get a pack of a hundred. So instead of having to always keep... Now, that doesn't come with a holster, though. It doesn't come with a holster. So you can buy those. You can just search them up online. You'll find different versions. Anyways, that's the number one. That's the one that's the most expensive. And also the microphone that I'm using there 
This is it cost about 250 bucks this mic which then connects through to these packs right here which i think over, overall is about 340 400 pack uh because that it's wireless bluetooth that connects to the dslr of course you don't need of course you don't need what i recommend is the zoom h1n with a bullshit 25 dollar 50 dollar lav which does the job with medical tape it's cheap as shit that'll get you by and uh yeah so so there you go Shout out to uh, shout out to the tech corner. Shout out to the tech corner. Now I have to pack all this shit up. I won't do it now. I won't do it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've given you all three levels there of if born on a budget to the best recommended to the extremely unnecessary. But actually, if you're going out at night, it's pretty much necessary to go with the much the best recommendation because you need a recorder that will record all night long that doesn't require your interruption that you have to keep resetting or changing. So I recommend that. Anyways, let's move on here. Next question is... Oh, hold up. Hang on a second. Schemo comes in with a $4.49 Australian Super Chat. Yosha! He says, thanks. Going to that venue tonight, actually. You got a call to tonight? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yes, so many good memories of the card. The, uh, the Carlton is my... Is, is the place I will go to after ABCs. Once warm-up is done at ABCs, then I'll go to the Carlton because you'll often meet more mature girls there and you can get into much stronger interactions that are not just 18-year-old girls walking around with backpacks getting lit. You know, that type of thing. And then maybe head down to um, head down to Chapel Street after after that. Depends. Depends how the Carlton's going. But the Carlton stepped up their shit. For those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, that venue I was going for, they stepped it up. They like added levels to that shit. I remember when I was going there years ago, they didn't have the the upper levels. Uh, they've really got you. You can get some steps into that place. You get some incline steps and get a full workout in that venue. So, anyways, that's all done. Skimmer, I'm extremely grateful. Thank you so much for that four dollar forty nine super chat. That goes straight back to the channel, and uh, your brick in the dojo helps do everything that we do here. So I'm. Uh, it's a motto and forever and always grateful. Thank you. So now moving back into this chat box. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this content, hit that, hit that thumbs up down below. Share this with one of your friends. Drop me a comment with your feedback. Say hi. Drop me any questions you've got. I've got about 15 minutes here to answer some more questions and then we'll dip out. And uh, yes, bowl sip. The weekly email free newsletter. Make sure you signed up, bordage.com. It's going to be a ripper this week. So, uh, overcoming your anxiety. So, moving down the questions here. Dumb Money Ambrose comes. Wait, no, no, hold up. I almost skipped up. Oh, Halloween Praise Day. It's Sal. Shit. At least I knew it was a three letter name, but I thought it was Ian last week, but it's Sal. I don't know anyone named Sal, but. Um, okay, so. Halloween Fraser comes in, aka Sal, saying, Bruh, who the fuck is Eden? Lol. It's Sal. No, I was saying Ian. I-A-N. <laughs> who the fuck's Eden? <laughs> Eden's a cool name, though. I don't mind that. So, uh, Damani Ambrose comes in saying, and I don't think I've ever seen this guy comment, so welcome. Thank you for your question. Welcome to the social community live. He says, should you settle down at a young age, like 21? Oh, boy. Oh boy, <laughs> where do I even begin with this? 
It's like, do you have? Do we have time for an entire podcast here? Listen, I've covered this content in a lot of my in a lot of my other. A lot of I'm just trying to think where have I just I've discussed it a lot, a lot. But to his question of here, should you settle down at a young age, like 21? <clears throat> it's it's the the red flag of his question is in how he's phrased the question, not so much to the question itself. It's that idea of settling down. I don't believe anyone should settle down ever. I don't believe that anyone should settle for anyone ever. That if you are now to the point of his, to the way to get to his question of, because really what he's asking there is about at a younger age. No, no, it's both. It's both. It's that not only should you never settle down or settle for anyone, you should only be entering a relationship that is looking to grow. You should only, if you are going to be entering what I refer to as a closed and locked relationship, which is an exclusive relationship. Hold up. Is that sun burning the fuck at night? It's all right. It's all right. Uh, if you're going to be entering a closed and locked relationship, it should only be set upon the premise <clears throat> that her and I are going to grow together, that we're going to ride this journey together and we're going to evolve. We're going to eclipse ourselves. We're going to become <clears throat> so much stronger than who we were when we first began that we're going to be unrecognizable in a year. Shout out to Mikkel and his girl. <clears throat> That's the mentality. But the way that you phrase that question is very worrying. It's like, should you settle down? It's like, there's two big red flags. No settling. Never. Never settle in this life. Always growing. Always evolving. If you find a girl that through the process of going out there and learning who you are in relation to many different people, which means that you start all relationships in an open and free manner, which means that you have time to see who each other is in relation to each other, in relation to others, that you're not showing these signs of deeply deep attachment to these girls and that you're, casual, you're happy for them to go in and out. And then through the process of this, you find that there's one girl that actually is fucking lighting me up. And she's the girl that I want to spend way more time with, potentially be the mother of my children, potentially be the girl that I want to build a much deeper foundation of this life around. Cool, that's fine. But it's not because I'm settling on her. No, I came from a place of abundance. I came from a place of knowing what it was like to know myself in relation to others. And she came from the same place as well. So I've got to see her in that light. And shout out to um, shout out to uh, M. I can't use his full name. But shout out to M. Who uh, I did a whole podcast on this on, on uh, well, it was a different topic, but he was the only guy that I've recently seen who's I gave the green light to. I said, yes, you're probably ready for a monogamous relationship. It's one of the only times I've seen it in, in my recent history. And uh, I was in a podcast called uh, How to Set Up a Long Distance Relationship. And I would recommend... Uh, Ambrose, I, rec- going, I recommend going and checking that sometime. You get a lot of value from that. Not for the long distance part of it, but from his context, his story, that I genuinely, I, must, I think I even had a tear in that podcast, that I genuinely gave him the, the green light, thumbs up, that yes, you are good to get into a closed and locked relationship because of all the principles he was showing me. So yeah, that's, that's the big red flag you hit there. And to your other question of at a young age, like 21, I don't know many 21-year-olds that have experienced enough of life and experienced enough of themselves to be entering closed and locked relationships. I don't know that many. It's definitely possible. It's very much possible. 
if, if you're the type of guy that's like 16 or seven, that's been following my content since like 16 or 17, so which means you probably, and there's been in this journey for five years, you probably are getting into the stage where you've, you've done a lot of growing and you've seen a lot of different girls and yourself in relation to a lot of different girls. And you've probably, and you might've found one girl that you want to spend more time with. So yeah, but that's rare. I don't know that many guys though. I don't know that many guys for the average 21 year old. The average 21 year old is just getting started. He's just getting his beak wet. He is the kind of guy, like some of my clients right now, that at the at the very moment he meets the next level girl, he forsakes all his principles in his journey and wants to spend all his time with this one girl and he becomes that pancake. Has to learn it the hard way. She drops him cold. He has to get back out on the journey. So yeah, fuck yeah, lit you up. Lit that question up. That, should, that answers that. So next question. Coming from Halloween Prankston. AKA Sal. Sal. A quick question. What do you think about intermittent fasting? And do I do it properly so I and do I do it properly so I get the results I desire? Thanks, Brett. I think he meant the how do I do it properly? So yeah, I've I've been doing some form of intermittent fasting since I was about 18. How, how many years is that? It's like eight years? Yeah, for like the last eight years. So um, I started off initially with intermittent fasting with 16 and 8, which was kind of the, ori- the original. 16 hours fasted, 8-hour eating window. And uh, it was the Hodge twins who really kind of made it popular on YouTube to begin with. And then since then, over the last eight years, I've experimented very extremely from, uh, well, I haven't done too much prolonged fasting, like in terms of like multiple days, but I've done a lot of prolonged intermittent fasting to the point where I was on that one meal a day for a long time, where, uh, you know, like 22 hour fast, 22 hours on, two hours, uh, sometimes 23, 24 hour fast, and then you just get one meal in and fast for another 23, 24 hours. You know, I've experimented with that, experimented with, you know, um, 22 and 2s, 20s and 4s, that type of stuff. What I would say is this, after all my experimentation, is that skipping breakfast in the morning and not eating your first meal until roughly 10 or 11 suits me very well. It suits me very, very well. However, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. There, there are a lot of benefits, a lot of research into uh, DNA uh, preservation, all these different things. If you listen to people like uh, uh, Dr. Sachin Panda and uh, Dr. Uh, Rhonda Patrick and uh, even uh, Matthew Walker, uh, who's a sleep expert, talks about this stuff a lot as well. And uh, the benefits of intermittent fasting with sleep and all this type of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of research out there. However... Uh, I would say you just need to experiment with yourself. Some people respond very well to it. I will say this though. I will say this. Intermittent fasting will break your metabolism. How can I say that with absolute confidence? Because that's what it's designed to do. Intermittent fasting is designed to slow your metabolism down. Why? Because intermittent fasting is a survival mechanism. Think about it. When, When intermittent fasting, when we were evolving... What, why would we have to intermittent fast? Why would our body have to produce ketones? Well, because we don't have access to food, because we go through periods of starvation. So if we are in a period of starvation, we want our metabolism to slow down. We don't want a fast metabolism. We don't want to be with, say, if we're in a starvation period and we're getting a few berries a day, we're lucky to get 
a, uh, a deer or a kangaroo once a month and we have to survive. This is the only meat we get for a month, right? Well, I want to make sure that my body can does not shred through this, that it does not have the energy demands and requirements to just take all the calories in and just use them like vroom, 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 right? because a fast metabolism is going to shred all the uh, intake as fast as possible because that's what we've trained our body to do. It's like, oh, if, we're, if we're in a high metabolic state, then we've got a surplus of food. If we're in a low metabolic state, then it's because we've got a uh, insufficient amount of food. So with that being said, this is very good for people who are extremely overweight, right? It's a very good. And it's very good because for many other different reasons as well. But what you find is that as you get leaner and leaner with intermittent fasting, the point of diminishing returns approaches quicker and quicker, which is that you have to do more. You have to fast harder and longer to achieve very minimal results to the point of where it actually starts to reverse on you and starts to produce negative effects. And that's what I found with myself, which is that for the first three months of intermittent fasting, it works wonders. That just with a 16 and a window, your, the body fat shreds off you. You lose so much body fat. Uh, your, your energy levels are peaking. It's great. But then at a certain point, you realize, well, this is not really doing the same. So you, you ante up. You go, to, you go to 18 and 6. And then, and then you go to 20 and 4. And then you go to 22 and 2. And then all of a sudden, well, I can do 24 and, 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 and 0, right? I could, I could do one meal a day. And the thing is that you feel good. You feel good because the mental stimulation and your body's definitely working on ketones at that point. And your body's just surviving off its own body fat. But what starts to happen is that performance goes down at that point, at that extreme level, right? Performance goes down. Your metabolism slows down to the point of which that you're not sleeping as well. You're definitely just things I'm noticing myself. Not sleeping as well, can't perform as well. And that my body fat is staying the same no matter how much I reduce my calories, no matter how much I increase my fasted period. And I, and I it took me a long fucking time to realize this, that my metabolism was broken. Broken in the sense of has slowed down and it broken is really the wrong word, but it's it's a nice word to use. What really, because it's actually successful. What I've, if you engage in prolonged intermittent fasting, you are, you eventually get to the point where you have, successfully engaged your body's natural anti-starvation process, which is that if I'm getting one berry a day, if I'm getting one slice, if I'm getting a kangaroo leg a day uh, for one month and this is the only little bit of meat I get, well, we better fucking hold on to this and we better use it as slowly as possible because we're never gonna, we're not gonna find food again for a long time and we need to survive, right? So we slow our metabolism down as slow as it possibly can, which means we hold on to our body fat. We hold on to everything as much as possible. We don't any, allow anything to leave us. And anything that does come in, we hold on to it. Right? And so that's why you find with intermittent fasting, if you push it too far and you do it for too long, not only do you stall, but it actually has a counter effect. It starts to fuck with you. It starts to fuck with your sleep. It starts to fuck with your performance. And that's when I realized oh, I got to re reduce this, take it back down. And then I go back on the six meals a day and you feel amazing. You feel incredible. Performance increases. Sleep gets way better. Sexual performance as well. And then all of a sudden the body fat starts leaving you again. When you start amping up to six meals a day and you're eating a window of like 12 and 12. And you're eating and you start eating it roughly, you know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 9 p.m. And your last meal is roughly around 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., Right. 
and you feel really good on that and then the metabolism ramps back up and now all of a sudden you're teaching your body we're not in starvation mode now that's the thing with intermittent fasting there's a lot of science behind it which shows the in a petri dish shows how it has an effect on cellular walls preventing preventing cellular damage oh, this is all very good all very good stuff however you this doesn't, a lot of the science, a lot of the research and these studies, it's all well and good until you actually apply it to someone's real life and you actually take it into account of what is its primarily biological purpose. It's like, well, I don't, I don't want to live in starvation, right? And so it took me a long time to realize this. So I backed off the extreme fasting and I found a much better zone in, uh, in this day. I'll do, I'll typically, like my first meal this morning is roughly around 10 a.m., roughly around 9.30, 10 a.m., and uh, on my refeed days, I open it up even further. So once every second week, I'll have a refeed day uh, in combination with heavy weight training. And so I'll have a meal at maybe 7.30 in the morning and then eat at like, and my last meal comes at like nine. And it's like, that I've eaten like six times, seven times throughout that day. And what that refeed does is that it resets uh, all of my hormone levels. So when you're diet, oh, not dieting, but when you're on calorie restriction, and uh, you can get to the point where all of your hormones kind of get a little bit fucked up. Testosterone starts to go down, leptin goes down, ghrelin goes up, which means you're starting to crave things a lot more. And so what you want to do is that you want to have that meal that day once every couple of weeks where you just like way open from 7.30 in the morning to 9.30 p.m., eat double the calories, clean of course, but double the calories, just double of what you're already eating. Anyways, this is getting to nutrition right now, but uh, we already did. We already did. I love this shit so much. Uh, by the way, in the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter coming out today, 3.20 p.m., I detail my recent experiment with uh, no nuts for four weeks and uh, really the principle of stage discipline to kick any habit in your life, whether it's good or bad, you know, just to show yourself you can do something. Uh, again, only in the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. Go to borders.com, sign it up. But for extreme, for people with extreme amounts of body fat, extremely overweight, Intermittent fasting, the main benefit of it is that it just it reduces the time in which they can get calories in. So they just reduce the amount of calories by the process. They just can't fit as many in because they close their window down. And it's good. But it's good until it doesn't, and then you got to reverse it. This is the same thing with vegan, carnivore, paleo, whatever it is. It's like use these things as tools. Don't be attached to them as religion. People are like religious about these things. Use it as tools. You you go vegan. It's like it's not. It's a lot of people report having feeling tremendous on vegan diets for three to six months. Now, if you look at vegans over three to five years, very few of them that do exist, and very few of them that are actually optimally performing. But that's not to say that a vegan diet is not good for three to six months for someone who's extremely overweight, and that would actually produce a lot of really good results for them. And then they could then introduce meat back into their diet because their hormones are getting fucked up and because of their uh, chemical imbalances and because of the B12 and all these different things that are really hard to get on a vegan diet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, all I'm talking about here is tools. Using them in fast is tools. Don't get religious about it like I did. Keto, don't use, don't get religious. So my friends, it's 11.30. So I'm going to peace out. So what I'm going to do is here is, uh, oh, there's not too much here. I'll just address one or two things here and then we'll peace out here. So... Uh, Abel Martinez slams that thumbs up with the fire. Thank you, Abel. Appreciate you being here, man. Um, it's seriously kind. Says hello. How's everyone doing tonight? That's what I like. I like that love. 
doing well. Not it's not nighttime here, but it is where you are. Um, it's seriously kind. Says, I grew up with nothing but women. What? What? Hang on a second. I grew up with nothing but women. I don't feel feminine, but I don't feel very masculine either. Sometimes I feel like I'm just going through life. Okay. So there's not actually a question there. There's just like a commentary on his life. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you grow up with nothing but women. You don't feel feminine, but you don't feel very masculine either. Sometimes I feel like I'm just going through life. So if there's one thing I can just offer to you there real quickly, Mr. Is seriously kind, is that life is rare. Life is incredibly rare. If you just take, how about this? The next time you step out your door, just look at the very first tree you see. The very first tree. Just I can, I can literally see it outside my window right now. I'm looking at a tree outside my window. If we were to find a tree on any planet outside of our own, everything would stop. Everything as we know it today in society would stop. Every, it doesn't matter. All projects, all... All arguments between countries, everything would stop. If we discovered that there was a tree on another planet, that's it. That's it. Everything, like, you, do you, let me get this. Let me get this for you guys. Hold up. This is really important. And just hold that with me. Okay, so in, in 2019, the U.S. military has a 693 billion U.S. dollar budget. In 2019, the United States Armed Forces uses $693 billion for their armed forces, okay? If we found a tree, a single tree on another planet, all of that goes to now getting ourselves to that planet. All of that money, all of our resources into everything that is not for our existence and our survival would go towards that. That is how rare life is. Life is so rare. If you were to find a single, a single biological organism on another planet, and that's how life, that's how rare life is on this planet. We take it for so granted. When you walk out the door, you're just like, oh, there's a tree. There's trees. You probably don't even pay attention to it. This is me though. This is me that I walk around my entire life realizing that, holy shit, if I if that if that tree right there, if we found that on Jupiter, if there was a planet, if there was if there was Alpha 24B or whatever they want to call it, that there was a tree, but there's not. Mysteriously kind, there's not. There's no other planet within our current knowledge, within the existence of this universe, as far as we can currently see, that anything on our planet right now exists. Nothing that we have right here, these microphones, those trees, this this matcha green tea, this ridiculous amount of expensive and non-expensive uh, microphone equipment I've shown you guys today, the streaming software that I have to be able to speak to you guys, the food that you get to eat, just the air, the air. There is no other planet in this universe that would sustain a human being for oxygen that has the right chemical balance for me to be able to just walk on, right? No, we have to wear suits. If we want to go to another planet, we have to wear suits. And those are only the planets that we could even 
even touch down on, that have the environmental capacity for us to even land on without getting destroyed by either the gravity or by the heat or by the cold. Because it's so damn cold on some, pla on some planets that the moment you would even enter their atmosphere, that's it, you're frozen. That's how cold it is. I think that's Jupiter. There's a few different ones that are like that. So with this being said, you're saying that you're just going through life? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Life is far too rare. Life is far too rare. Do you know what the average statistic is on how many people die per second in the world? It's three. Three people just died. And there's another three. And another three. That's three more. And three more just died. And again, three. Three people just died. Do you know how many people waked up, woke up this morning dead? Right? Just think about that for a second. Woke up dead. Whatever that was didn't make sense, but it kind of does in a more metaphysical way. But what I really was meaning there was that how many people this morning that didn't wake up? Think about the amount of people this morning that didn't wake up. I was when I was walking out this morning. This little uh, my, my morning walk this morning fasted. That thought went through my mind is that there are literally bodies in beds this morning that didn't wake up. And I was lucky enough to wake up. Every single day is a gift. Every single day. You weren't guaranteed to wake up today. Your heart could have stopped when you were uh, sleeping. You could have, you could have uh, asphyxiated. You could have, there could have been, your house could have got bombed. Your, there could have been a gas leak. Your house could have exploded. Happens all the time. You, I, you could have had a break and enter. Someone could have ended your life. You, you could have just, you could have had a random malfunction of your bodily being, which unexplained happens all the fucking time. You weren't guaranteed to wake up this morning. So when you say to me that I'm just going through life, I can't, I can't, I can, but I can't, I can, but I can't with you. If we found a tree on another planet, but we aren't, but we can't think about how grand the universe is. Think about how many planets that we know of. When you just look up at the night sky, billions and billions of planets, and there's not one that has a tree on it, but ours does. But ours does. Are you kidding me? Like that's that's what I'm talking about here. So I'm, I'll finish this round here. I'll finish this round here. Life is too rare. Life is far too rare. So, uh, where's this chat box? Let me finish it up. So uh, this is the last thing I'll say because I'll peace out. Uh, this addresses the last question by BAA, BAAC United. Although if you were to read his username the straight way, it looks like a very uh, and a very offensive word. So <laughs> peace that up. So he goes, yo, Adam, I made the live stream. Uh, I had a date with this girl and made out with her. And she said, thanks for the date. Seemed keen. A few days later, I dropped her a message no response, and I found out she blocked my Insta. Should I forget about her? Anything to do with my 50, I could change. Um, I'm just want to, because i gotta, I got to go now, but I just want to see if this is something I can just knock out in like one second or if it's something I want to save for next time. So let me just rehash that. Hold up. So they went on a date with a girl. He made out of her. She said thanks for the date. Same came. A few days later, he drops her a message. No response. I find out she blocked my Insta. Should I forget it? Should I forget about her? Okay, so yeah, there's there's too many questions about this BAAC United. So what I would have you do is if you could send me an email at adam at boldoge.com, 
Send me a story, but give me way more context. I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, give me more context around the day two and the make out and what and how it ended. Give me context around that. My other big question is, you said a few days later you dropped her a message. Just give me the exact process. Give me the exact objective process of what happens and as to why you waited a few days to message her. Because that's a big red flag. And uh, also the other thing is, how do you know she blocked your Insta? That's another question that I have. Um, and then, yeah, so just because there's too many questions, there's too many questions I have for you there. So just go ahead and address those to me. Send me an email and I'll any that up. So and we'll see if we can get that next time. So my friends, thank you so much for diving in on this social Q&A live stream. Great time. Absolutely great time. Schemo, thank you very much for that super chat. I really appreciate it. If you guys enjoyed this content, drop me a thumbs up down below. Drop me uh, some feedback if you're watching this in post. And uh, I'll come back and answer those questions for sure. And if you are lucky enough to be watching this before I send the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter this week, go ahead and sign up at bowldoge.com. You do not want to miss it. How to overcome your perceived fire of anxiety. Full article is going to be in that this week. Otherwise, you get the next one next week. So I thank you for being here, my friends. And also, Schemo said the Carlton's one of my favorite places. Yeah, fucking amazing. Great, great location. Great location. Great location for meeting girls. So, my friends, wish you the best in your lives. Best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. As always, life is fucking rare. So uh, let's enjoy it, all right? Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at The Bowl. Every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. Now, just before you go as well, don't forget, the Bowl Sip weekly free email newsletter is now alive. If you guys would like a quick sip of social dynamics and all the other cool shit I'm exploring before your weekend dive, just head to boldoja.com, drop your email in. There'll be a confirmation email sent to your inbox. Hit yes on that and uh, you receive the very next tip. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at boldoja.com, or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by boldoja.com, where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30-day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one Skype coaching, where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a Bowl Insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the Bowl Insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your daily life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at Olat. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through boldojo.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there. Or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash ADAMOOI. All the links are down below. And anything that you guys do contribute goes straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.